Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Late Life Career Change podcast with me, Phil Swallow. Hope you're doing well. I just did a weird thing where I played the music to my old kind of version of the podcast. I have no idea why. Uh, Things have been a bit hectic. I will explain all about that as we go through today's show. Sun's shining today, but it's been a bit iffy. But the weather had, the band weather had a positive impact on what we did on Monday when we went filming. So I'm going to kick off with that. Uh, And I think also my neighbour's just finished mowing the lawn. Uh, So thank you for that, neighbour. Hey, you must have known. Uh, Right, and the the rice is in the rice cooker. Um, I recommend rice cookers. They're really great. Kind of just bung the rice in, wash it sometimes. Although we use brown rice quite a lot. Don't have to worry so much with that. Bung in the water and up to the measure. Very accurate always accurate measures and it produces great rice so uh there you go um that wasn't in my little script anyway bookings uplift is the title of the show uh so the first booking was i guess monday uh so the last show was friday i played golf saturday and it was rubbish i i golf is such a mental game um and how you manage it mentally will really affect how you play it physically and vice versa and it's a massive one for draining your confidence if things aren't going well uh, and I'm almost now in and I've been in this kind of rut before where I expect bad things to happen and lo and behold they do so maybe I've got to try and get myself to expect good things to happen and maybe they will I know I'm a better golfer than some of my scores are, uh, are showing um, just really really struggling and uh, you know the problem with golf is when you've done it before you know you can do it so when you when it doesn't work you think well what on earth is going on you know here so uh but my front line is terrible and it's i'll just have the odd hole and it'll just be ridiculous score an eight or a ten or something stupid and then go back and like birdie the next one oh um anyway thank goodness for creative life uh in my late life career change because it's been really uh, a good on full-on professional week this week uh so on saturday when i got back i did um, more kind of prepping and bag packing and battery charging ready for the shoot because on Sunday it was Father's Day um, went out with my daughter for a meal that was really nice at the Ramblers Rest in Coulsdon UK uh, we had a really nice meal served us quickly and that was cool and uh, yeah so it's all uh, you know prepared early um, I mean you can always recharge batteries too early but I'm, I always have this thing with the number of batteries that you take on a shoot like this and there are loads um, I would never want to leave them on the charger and expect to remember to take them out the door when I go and do the shoot. Um, and to be honest, I, I think I mentioned this in a very early podcast. Uh, if you if your batteries drain between the time that you charged them, maybe the night before or the morning of, uh, and then you went to use them, then you've got bigger problems, you know. So your batteries should hold a fairly high percentage of charge, if not 100, from the night before. Just get them in your bag. And what I did with this shoot, which I always do, is have a charging capability nearby uh, because then you can actually go in and, uh, during the shoot, do a, a recharge, which I had to do for both the um, Atomos Ninja that I did to record the 4K footage onto and my camera batteries and actually my sound recorder batteries as well. So, uh, Sunday night, early night, that all worked well. Um, Monday, the nice thing was we didn't have a super early start, so I was up and 
went down the baker's, got the nice big sourdough loaf so we could take our own lunch, which is what Alison, the director, recommended. You know, bring your own food and drink. Uh, we have, won't have time to stop for a lunch as such. It'll be very much rolling, although maybe a 10-minute break and a bit of fresh air. And um, we'd work, worked out our train time, so we just went to Hay Station here nearby, parked up. Of course, station car parks are fairly empty at the moment, pandemic kind of restrictions still in place and the recommendation to work from home and uh, parked up. It's a bit weird because there's no sort of ticket machine there. You have to go into the ticket office in the station, buy your ticket, which is like a little kind of credit card size train ticket, come back out and put it in the car window. I think they've got an app, but it wouldn't let me register for some reason. Anyway, car parked, got on the train. Um, trains are quiet, so there's no issues with our big bags and pull-alongs and all that sort of stuff. Went to Waterloo East Station, walked along to Waterloo and then um, made our way from there to the venue. Um, we were all there on time for 11am, got set up quickly and uh, an early pleasant surprise was the lighting. So it's fluorescent lighting in there but actually the camera handled it really well. So even though I had two extra f reflectors and a flex panel, uh, my LED panel, I didn't need it. I was able to use the light and have a fairish, fairly high-ish ISO setting on the camera, and that was good enough to capture the sort of quality that we needed. So we were up and running quite early, um, just recorded the audio onto an audio recorder. The idea was start that, have a listen, see how it sounded, with a view to adding one or two of the boom mics that I'd taken with me, shotgun mics. Uh, didn't need to. I was happy with the sound that I was getting. And I've just been actually editing the sound today. And I'm pretty happy with it. So so that was cool. Um, kept checking the time as we went. I mean, ideally, we would have done, you know, uh, scenes more than once so that we could do, uh, you know, pick-up shots and close-ups and all that sort of stuff. But to be honest, I'm shooting in 4K... I'm cropping into 1080 for the delivered product and that difference between the 4K and 1080 has given me the ability to crop and punch in, as we call, in the edit. And uh, you would never have known that it was a single camera operation other than me telling you here and now that it was a single ca camera operation. Nikon Z said with an Z6 with an Atomos Ninja 5, which was brilliant, actually. Uh, so, so uh, we got all that done and dusted in the can wrapped up um before time actually so i think the shop shuts at six and we were leaving the shop about quarter two uh, a tiring day um we'd already said we weren't going to go big on dinner that evening so it was like soup and sourdough uh, which we often do from time to time and uh, i think there was a bit of football on but yeah it was just an easy night um, I always, always, always upload as soon as possible after a shoot so all the footage went on I actually did a mini edit just to make sure all the bits joined together I mean not that I could do much about it but it would help me to prepare to how I might approach the edit and what I might need to do next so um, so yeah, so I did do a bit of work Monday night and uh, yesterday, Tuesday, started in earnest um, got all the footage broken down into scenes and obviously having I mean, it's not like you're filming an event or anything. You know, we, we go into a script and that helps. Um, slated everything when we were there. So everything was on the board, the shot number, scene number, take and all that kind of stuff. That really helped. You know, you get it then in your footage in the thumbnail and you can tie it all together when editing. 
Um, and also, you know, we had a bit, a bit of a challenge. There was a, a water pump. It, it was actually a basement room. Uh, very quickly, my link to the weather was that, um, you know, because we were underground, I, I mean, I was quite hot. I was just working all, all the time and there was a fan in there, but it was a basement room. And if we'd have been in there in, you know, sometimes we get twice the temperature we had on Monday um, in, in the summer in London, it would have been awful. But thankfully, the badness of the weather, the awfulness of the weather that we had meant that it was fairly, fairly comfortable to do the shoot. So, yes, yeah, so we... Um, I, I was commenting about this pump noise and uh, Graham, the, um, the, the, the sort of director or producer maybe of this, he went upstairs, spoke to the shop owner because it's, it, it's called the Calder Theatre and Bookshop and it's a theatre bookshop with a little theatre behind it. Problem is if you use that, you get people coming in the shop and it's noisy. It would have been terrible for recording. And we were downstairs in the rehearsal room, which is a reasonable size, and we picked a corner for our backdrop and we kind of used that to do the uh, to do the shooting. So anyway, so uh, this pump was needed to come on from time to time. It was a bit like when um, when the central heating just kind of clicks on. And because it was raining outside, it, it actually exists to pump rainwater away. So the guy said, well, you, you can switch it off, but you need to keep switching it on again because it was still raining. Um, so that was that was a bit of fun, but no, Graham, uh, producer, director, a uh, director by trade, Graham Watts, he um, he was in charge of the pump on and off, and in between takes he was switching the fan on to help cool us all down because there still was a build up of heat in a confined ish space. Uh, he was also my main slate operator, so I was just telling him what to increment by. He was checking the camera was rolling and holding the slate up, and that was great. But I think most people had a go at the slate. Sue didn't, because uh, Sue had a parts play in the uh, as a member of the cast. Um, but yeah, the one of the actors, two of the actors, and Alison, yeah, they they did. So the ladies didn't do any slating, but uh, the guys did. And um, apart from Alison, she's a lady, and it was cool. Um, so that all helped, you know, all this kind of discipline and these little extra steps that you take during the shoot really add value when it comes down to little old me doing the editing afterwards so um did a first pass through to make sure we had the appropriate cuts and that the script lined up for all the scenes that was yesterday and i'd already broken down the scenes and done placeholders in my timeline on my edit so that was cool saved a bit of time like anything do whatever you can do up front that's going to add value and you'll get the value back later. So that was day one, um, getting it all together. Today I went through cut, 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 cut. Um, so the cropping and the smoothness and the little kind of transitions, didn't like to use too many, about to hide a couple of things with them. And I just started this afternoon on the audio um, because, you know, it wasn't perfect audio, it wasn't a dead space. And, um, you know, we did a couple of interruptory even know if that's a word sounds as we were shooting but um i'll do the best i can with the audio it is what it is and uh I, you know i think it's going to be more than acceptable on the uh, final product so uh i will do a bit of editing tomorrow but that's probably going to have to be picked up again on friday because yesterday i had a message request on instagram i mean i I think I have the default settings on that, but if someone's not your contact, they have to kind of request that you accept the message. And I do get these from time to time, and often they're, they're things that I don't need to follow up on. Um, so I, I, I got this in while I was buried in my editing work. Um, and then also I had a WhatsApp message from the same person. 
And uh, I kind of remember the name, but I think he went to a class with Sue a few years ago, three years ago, um, maybe a bit longer. And um, he, uh, yeah, he's an actor. Um, I'm not sure how prolific he is at the moment, but he wanted me to do his headshots. So thank you very much, kind sir. I uh, just wanted to check on pricing, location and all that sort of stuff. So I went through and uh, gave him my, well, sent him an invoice through and he's paid the session fee. That's in my bank account now. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, tomorrow afternoon, he's coming over for a headshot session, which I'm really looking forward to. So uh, and I'll just pay for images that he keeps after that. So yeah, great. I mean, to get that out of the blue. And, you know, I don't have an open diary where I'm committing time slots to clients now. I'm not doing as many headshot clients. Um, so I, what I want is that if someone wants me to do the headshot, they'll get in touch because they really want me to do the headshot. And I think it's better for me and better for them. And I can be flexible with my diary. You know, if they want 2 p.m. rather than the 2.30 or 3 or whatever I had before, you know, I could just flex and appropriate, appropriately, we can just deal with it on on um, WhatsApp. So, you know, that's that was really quite a big up for me, quite a big Philip <laughs> uh, to get a book in. Um, so yes, thank you very much. And uh, I'm really looking forward to having some fun doing the uh, the headshot session for him tomorrow. We'll go for some different looks, different backdrops and play around with the lighting and all that stuff. And um, yeah, really, really looking forward to that. So it's a kind of nice break to have in between all this other work. So, and also um, Alison, bless her, she, she sent a note to us all to make sure we get our invoices in. So, um, so as well as getting an invoice paid yesterday, I sent my invoice over to Alison for my shoot fee and then I'll just invoice the edit later uh, when we're done and dusted. Because there'll be some to in and fro in. Um, and one of the other things we needed to do was to, to add some sound effects in. So, you know, part of that is just a time thing to search them. But, you know, I wouldn't charge for all of that sort of stuff per se. That's very much in part of the process. So... And actually, certain sound effects, like I needed a, a knocking of a door, you know, a rat-a-tat-tat, um, it's available for free in Final Cut Pro. So, you know, you don't even have, need to go and buy one from a stock site or a Creative Commons, whatever it is, site. So, um, yeah, that was cool. So, yeah, so I did lots of so's there. Right, I would say so. But in general, all is very good with the world. Uh, I am absolutely delighted. Now... You know, there's a saying, isn't there, about buses? You know, it's all very quiet for a while, and then then things come along uh, in in a group. But no, that's been quite, you know, been good. Professional week, prepared professionally, delivered it. Uh, well, I haven't delivered it yet, no, but completed the the filming and now doing the editing, and then get a headshot in between. Um, that's really great. So that will kind of spill over into next week, do the finishing touches, and hopefully get it live and up on. On YouTube, not on my YouTube channel, but it'll be on the YouTube of the guy who's uh, kind of got the organisation together for uh, the Lost Ladies, uh, Lost Lady Writers of Plays over the years. This one from 1700, Susanna St. Livre, and it's The Adventures of Venice. So uh, the shoot that I was planning to do actually today uh, has been put back because the play starting date has been put back, so only by a week. So I'll be going up to town next Wednesday and uh, doing the stills for that. Looking forward to that. That's the Rotherham. Rotherham. Rotherham's in Yorkshire, not in London. Rotherhithe Gospels. And um, it's on uh, various... If you just do a search, you'll find it. So um, so my, my cameras will be prepared for that. Oh, and one other little thing for any techie photographers out there. 
I finally plucked up courage to clean the sensors on my cameras. Um, sensor cleaning I used to just do occasionally when it really needed it and I would go to fixation in uh, Kennington and they would do it for about 20 or 30 quid. Um, they would do a complete clean of the camera as well. I mean, it, it did, look, did look like a new camera after it was done. Um, but now I, I looked online, various people, experienced photographers and people with big channels and stuff. Um, and I, I went went for it, got the kit off Amazon, and it was, it was a breeze. Um, I'd already got this little light that you can hold over the sensor because you're cleaning a thin membrane of glass over the sensor. You're not actually cleaning the sensor itself, otherwise you'd ruin it. Um, but you know, some people get nervous about it, and um, but you know, you almost can't do anything to stop dust getting in there. It's going to happen. But I was pleased that uh, I was able to successfully do that. And of course, now I've got a kit and the fluid and that. I'm probably going to do them before every job um, because I only use one camera body on Monday. Uh, the other camera was completely sealed from after I cleaned the sensor, so that's already good to go for tomorrow. But probably will certainly examine if not do a quick clean for the shoot next week, uh, just to make sure I haven't got any annoying dots that you end up having to edit out for every image and it's a pain in the neck. Well, there are ways you can do it if, if the images are framed the same, uh, composed the same, but uh, you know, I'm not going to go there. I'm sure there was something else I was going to mention that just came to mind, um, but perhaps not. So, yes, busy. Uh, oh yes it was I have now remembered it um, so I was putting a lot of work into YouTube and thinking about yeah, I need to build a channel and do this and do that but you know at the end of the day no one pays me to do YouTube and well I mean they do if you become a YouTuber um, but I want to have lots of things to do you know part of my thing would be that I can do my own thing I can do stuff around the house get out in the garden play a bit of golf uh, but be creative first and foremost. Um, and if I'm not being creative, I'm learning so that I'm ready to do things like I did this week. Uh, so, you know, creativity is the one part. But there was a great video from a guy that I've been following since I got my drone uh, called Philip Scraber. He's based in Poland. A really, really good guy, actually. Really sort of friendly, affable guy. And he was sharing um, about earning money on YouTube. And he said that at the start of January last year, so January 2020, uh, you had about a thousand subscribers. And when you get to a thousand, you can switch on monetization on YouTube. And he showed his screenshot for his earnings for that month. And it was like 40 something dollars. Okay. That's for ads being run on your channel. Um, and then obviously we had a pandemic. And then he said in September time, he was kind of focusing on two main things. One was the GoPro Hero 9, which is the one that I bought recently. And the other is the DJI Mini 2, which is what I bought recently. I mean, he's a trained and experienced cinematographer and photographer and all that good stuff. But he just said, I started to really put in a lot into my videos and releasing them regularly, but putting a lot of kind of pride and quality into the, uh, the actual process. And he said his viewers, his viewing and subscribership just went up in the thousands. So a thousand and switching on monetization in January, and he said he had twenty thousand in December. Well, I think he's he's well on to forty thousand now, and he said that his YouTube earnings in December were two thousand eight hundred dollars, and he was also asked to switch on affiliate links. Now you might have seen this sometimes on YouTube where they say if you click on a link below to buy this purchase, it will cost you no more, but it, I will get a little kickback. 
And he said that he worked, he did switch on affiliate links at Amazon some time ago. And they actually said, we're going to switch you off because you've not actually earned any money because no one was seeing his channel. This is when it was very small. Um, and then he, he was encouraged by Freewell, or a company that make little uh, filters to go on the drone lens, um, neutral density and polarising and that sort of stuff. And he thought, well, maybe okay. Anyway, he switched on his affiliate link for selling Freewell filters and got $1,400 in the first month. And he said, hmm, maybe I should have switched this on earlier. And he did say he had some other affiliate links and commissions that he didn't mention, but he kind of did a breakdown. And he said overall in December, sort of passive income, so mainly YouTube, but some through the affiliate link purchases, he earned well over $4,000. So he said... This has become his, this is his full-time gig. I mean, he said he's worked in a cheese factory and he's worked here and there and sold coffee and whatever. Um, but he said it does take six days a week putting that into YouTube. Um, and then it got me immediately thinking of a guy called Jago Hazard. I've been in touch with Jago. He produces videos about all things railway. I mean, I think it started off, he was doing stuff on beers and, and model railways and his viewing numbers weren't great. And then he started to do these and sometimes they're only four minute documentaries on railway stations but he's got a very good narrative style he does loads of research puts a lot of facts in there records it on an iphone um and he actually i looked up one recently where he did the the walkie talkie building in london so again that's not railway related but it's london related and it had 1.6 million views now i remember when that came out because i got a notification and it's because um at some point reflections came off the building and literally burnt a car it was a it was a jag and he said it was it was quite catchily titled you know the building that fried a jaguar motor car or something um but his channel during lockdown just got loads and loads of people subscribing now i, I think there might have been quite a bit of activity on railway following forums fora um he's got I think it might be 120,000 subscribers now. And when he puts a video up, it might have been up less than a day and it's got 20,000 views. So if we if we look at, say, Philip Scraber, so if for 20,000 views, 20,000 subscribers at the end of December, he was getting over $2,800. Well, if Jago's got six times that, that could be very lucrative. Um, so he did mention that he works in the, is uh, a, a key worker, works for the National Health Service. But I think he must put a lot of time outside of that into his videos because he might put up to a week. Um, obviously, it's something he's very interested in and he's got, he carved out a brilliant niche. And they say, you know, the money is where the niche is. But it did get me thinking that, you know, I, I've got a YouTube channel, it's 162 subscribers at the time of speaking. And I will put stuff into that. I mean, I've, I've still planning to do, you know, the local stuff. But it's my personal project. If a client is paying me to do headshots or videos or editing or any other type of work, I'm going to do that first and foremost. That is going to occupy my time in terms of prep, delivery and follow up. I would never stop doing that because I, I felt I needed to put another YouTube video out. Absolutely not. So first and foremost, customer, client, um, and what I do is my kind of main thing in my late life career. Um, but the YouTube is, YouTube, uh, YouTube is going to be a, a close second. Who knows? Over time, the YouTube numbers may build up. I may be able to switch on monetizing and then see what happens. I think probably my 
problem at the moment is that um, I've yet to really decide for myself what is the most engaging with with users. I mean, I think if I did a very broad brush now, the stuff that I've done over music with an element of cinematic feel, like the um, my well my walks and my local shops and I mean that's had a bit of captioning Bluebells and Salesdon Wood they've had a lot quite a high like count for the views um, so you know maybe that's what I pursue and it's as simple as that it's never going to be a big thing but people just might like occasionally tuning into one of those videos and uh, and enjoying what they see so so there you go you've learned a bit about YouTube monetization um, and it, it was it was powerful I think that, um, you know, like anything, you've got to really put your effort in and your heart and soul in some ways to get the financial rewards out. Um, but if you can get them and get the momentum and, and maybe, you know, if you can strike a balance where you know you, how much effort you need to put in to keep it ticking over. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to beat myself up on it. Uh, this is very much, this is professional week. This is client week. This is earning money for what I do week well, week or two. Um, and then we will see where where it goes from there. You know, it might quieten down again. I, I'm pretty much there with the prep for the Sarnstead video. So uh, so that's going to be probably the next one that I actually record, edit and upload. But that may not be for another two or three weeks yet. Um, because even, you know, next week when I do the, the shoot for the stills, you know, there's always a quick turnaround on those. So that's going to that's going to occupy probably until the end of next week and maybe the week after that I'll um, I'll start on my own YouTube but of course by then I might get other work who knows you never know what's around the corner so um, rambling a bit but I've packed a load in so <laughs> thank you once again for listening to uh, to the Late Life Career Change podcast with me Phil Swallow love to have you along listening numbers have been getting up picking up um which I truly appreciate. Tell your friends. Uh, it's a bit of a dear diary of someone who's creative and in later life. But who cares? Uh, if there's something in there to listen to and enjoy when you're doing what you do, then uh, I'm absolutely delighted with that. So I will bid you farewell. Uh, look after yourselves once again. And um, catch you all in next week's show. Bye.